first rule about the Electro and Bono movie Power Hour is you do not talk about the Electro and Bono movie Power Hour. Electro and Bono Movie Power Hour. <laughs> you know what? Where's Hawk at? Listener discretion advised. And apparently you gotta say it twice because that just that just makes it's reverse psychology to make people actually do it so i'm gonna say one more time the second rule of the electro and movie bono movie power hour is you do not talk about the electro and movie power hour but either way welcome to the show i am electro (laughs) (laughs) you got it Uh, you stumbled but you're good man we got bono here i stumbled through life man that's my journey and that's the point yep that's the point. That's the point of Fight Club, isn't it, guys? Yes, it is. And we got Ozzy over there talking shit on the keys Moving every stuff. day. Moving stuff. Um, well, we continue with our Fincher Nolan series, and we are talking about one of my favorite movies of all fucking time, Fight Club. I must have watched this movie as from like late teens, early 20s, no less than 40 times probably, I would say. Okay. (laughs) 40 to 50. I think that's a little conservative, but you know. I might have watched it more, but there's no way to tell, but I want to give it a good number. At least you have for sure. Yes. I would say maybe like 10 times for me. Yeah. So we first watched this. In probably the year it came out in 1999, so we probably watched it like in in 2000, maybe late 2000 when it was doing its cable run and it was like on HBO. Usually, it's like a year later. Right. That's when we first watched it, and we watched it a lot back then. Mm-hmm. So actually, if you count those, I wasn't counting those in my I watched it like 50 complete times. complete watching yeah. until you owned it. Yeah, till I bought it when I was like in my teens, mm. late teens. That's where I count the forty, fifty. Mm. Before that, we watched it as kids, probably twice, a lot, yeah, like three times, several times. It was on HBO as many times as possible. Yeah, if it was on, you're gonna throw it on. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Um. Uh, yes. So this is David. Which which one is this? David Fincher's fourth movie, fifth movie. I'm not sure. Where we at on? We that? I had never <laughs> seen it. I had an. 20 years 20 I, over 20 years i, I want to say it's his fourth this. movie is it number four let me see it's number one in my book boom it's Ooh. not maybe fuck <laughs> one <laughs> two three four yep it's number four perfect yep um uh who's uh, give us the stats bono what do we got here on fight club <sighs> all right man well fuck written by jim Uls. 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 U-H-L-S. Mm-hmm. Stupid last name. Anyways, this fucking guy, he also wrote Jumper. That's the only thing Jumping. of significance Jumping. that he wrote other than Fight, Fight Club. Club. yeah, that Amazing. That, that hooked him up. Uh, <laughs> another writer, obviously the book writer, Chuck Polinick. One who, of my personal favorites. Who all, who's also written uh, other books like Choke, Haunted, Lullaby, Survivor. And he wrote this one. And mm-hmm. it's fucking great. I, I have to say... That he is my favorite author. Mm. Continue. Also, the, 
I need to fucking watch this movie with his commentary because it has oh, yeah. a special feature. Oh, yeah. with, with him and the screenplay writer. So they're both writers and they're both talking about uh, two wrote, hours of him going, nope, nope, wrong, <laughs> wrong. Yeah, that's not how I wrote it. I mean, that might not be a bad thing either. I'm done. No, no, no. It's a great, it's a great commentary actually, and he actually praises the movie a lot. It's very good. It's good, yeah. It, it's praiseable. Yeah. So, uh, studio obviously, 20th Century Fox. The runtime of this movie is what kind of surprises me a little bit because it doesn't seem that long, and it's not super long, but it's two hours and twenty minutes. That's pretty long. Yeah. yeah, but is that enjoyable, right? Just go yeah, it doesn't I love seem it. like it. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's not like uncut gems, right? That's what we got. That's what we're gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot when movies are long, too long. Of course, the cast we have Edward Norton as the narrator, or Jack, mm-hmm. or Cornelius, or whoever the <laughs> fuck he plays. Um, we have Brad Pitt as Tyler Durden. We got Helena Bonham Carter as Marla. Jared Leto's in this fucking film yeah. as Angel Face. One of the movie's flaws. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, because you get to see uh, him get his ass, ass kicked. Whooped. He's not bad Spoiler. He gets his ass kicked. He's great in it. Spoilers for Fight Club. Yeah. Meet Love, Robert Bob Polson. His name is Robert Polson. His name is Robert Polson. Bob had it. Okay. They were sagging. Uh, the budget on this film was 63 mil. Very. And the box office was a little shaky. It got 37 mil domestic. Worldwide at 101 after a couple of years of runtime, I'm assuming. Probably not a couple of years, but yeah. And it's theatrical run. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, well, there we go. We got the the stats there on Fight Club. And yeah, like I said, I, this was a movie that I kind of worshipped as a fucking teenager. Early 20-year-old. In high school, it was like I would be fucking writing down some of the quotes in like my binder or on my backpack or some bullshit like that you know mm-hmm. some of the some of the better tyler quotes i would i would write them down and stuff it was <laughs> i was fucking obsessed with this movie um uh, how much do you so we got the budget right 63 mil mm-hmm. how much do you think brad Pitt got paid for this movie oh uh, 50 50 <laughs> <laughs> no it's 99 so maybe like 20 I would okay. say like 20. He got paid 17.5 mil. Okay, yeah. How much do you Oof. think Edward Norton got paid? At least 20. What? Yeah. I million? Mean, he's the lead. No? <laughs> he is, but he's not Brad Pitt. Well, it, well. Uh, what had they done right before that? Brad Pitt had just done. He was already Brad Pitt. What, seven? Yeah. He was already in seven, right? Seven was like 95, though, maybe. Well, he had just done uh, meet, he had just done Meet Joe Black, which is a flop, <laughs> shitty movie. Crap, take um, away two million. And Edward Norton had just done uh, American History X. That's, That's why you get it paid. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Up. Yeah, he's going up. And Primal Fear, which he was nominated for an Oscar for. Oh, which come is on. Great okay, movie. you're adding more to it. You're not. Yeah, but <laughs> so you guessed. You're guessing twenty million for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Pitt was fucking Jennifer Aniston at that time, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt was one of the biggest stars. He just had world. a bod. He looked good. But that he yeah. was. But Edward Norton looked, I want to say, maybe better in American history. Uh, I don't know, man. Fucking Brad Pitt is so cut in this movie. He's not as yeah. thick as Norton was in, in American History X. Right. But Brad Pitt has a fucking 
but in this movie, yeah, yeah. dude, it's it a fashion, is perfection. It's a fashion statement in this. It film. is perfect, dude. I've never seen such a perfect six pack, dude. dude. That shit was beautiful. Yeah. You missed his uncredited thing actually, right before Fight Club. He did being John Malkovich. He, oh, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Apparently, he's un, un, uncredited. It was probably that just makes a quick sense. cameo. It makes sense because mm. John Malkovich is in it, so he was probably playing himself, right? Yeah. Okay, um, uh, so Edward Norton got paid two point five million for making this movie. Generous man. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was his biggest nut to to that date. I'm pretty sure he didn't. I mean, American History X. I'm I'm assuming we did not have a giant budget and wasn't. I don't uh, think so. Yeah, Maybe that didn't seem like success. A big I mean, budget. we'll look into that. We another do day. one on that. Oh, we will. We will. Oh, yeah. American Nick's History X will have its day yes, in it court yes, at the Electron Bono yeah. Movie Power Hour, yeah, yeah. where we will judge it accordingly. We will pound the gavel. Pounding. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get right into the heart of this thing. This thing starts off with the opening title sequence, and you're going through like the nervous system of the brain. It has like that weird... Um, uh, music i don't even know what to describe it's that, that 90s style matrix e mm-hmm. fucking you know edm drum and bass type yeah music. hell yeah yeah and you're going through the nervous really cool title scene it reminds me of the title scene to fucking x-men <laughs> okay I, I think it's kind of similar it goes through like a cell or something oh, it goes shit. through jeans and shit okay you're right um <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, and it's just a really sick shot. You go through the nervous um, uh, um, system, through the skull, through, and then you end up coming out through a clogged pore, and you go down with a sweat drop that goes onto the gun, and like whoosh, goes out through the gun, fucking, and it looks really fucking good for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's twenty one years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks better than a lot of twenty one year olds. I know. Yeah, it's. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any 21 year old But that was still a good joke but Yeah you gotta I wish I did If you're 21 hit me up Ozzy what's your email? Start <laughs> out there Start out What's there, your man? AOL please? <laughs> ASL sir Let's chat Aim me bro well, that's what we were doing. That's what we were doing in 1999. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you that. Let's keep it true. Let's keep ASL it true. ASL said nudes. Said <laughs> 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 nudes. A little aggressive, but all right. Oh, uh, not immediately. You work up okay, to okay, it. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> so he says something in the in the beginning of the it, movie too, right? He says that when you have a gun in your mouth, you only speak in vowels. Something like that. Yeah. Well, the first thing he says is, uh, "People are out always asking me if I know Tyler Durden or something mm. like that." And what what is fucking? Um, uh, he asks him something, right? And he's just like, Wah. and he like has the because he has the gun in his mouth, and he takes out the gun and he's just like, "What was that?" <laughs> and then yeah you know fuck i i tried to pay attention when we watched it here the other day i had watched it like maybe two nights before and in that opening sequence he says something about thinking about where the gun has been all right and and then at the end he resolves that and he answers that question i think he says like 21 or something and then he makes like the face like as if he knows where that gun has been, he's just like, ugh, like that was in my mouth. Right. So it's like the he's answering at the very end, the beginning of the movie's questions. It's, it's pretty good. But I need to very rewatch nice. it just to 
close that off. This is a movie that gets better with many rewatches because there's a bunch of little things that kind of hint to what's going to happen. Obviously, Ozzy, you hadn't seen this movie, but you know, you knew the twist, right? No, I didn't. No, no, I, I, I knew that there was a twist with Tyler's character. I didn't know what it was. I purposely didn't go out and search for it. Um, just yeah, I was, I was. But no, I knew there was a twist, but I didn't know what it was. Interesting. I felt. I feel like everybody knows, even if they haven't seen this movie, everybody kind of knows what what the twist is or something. No. I, yeah, I kind of had a feeling again that he wasn't Tyler. Wasn't real. You got that feeling. Yeah, but how or what it he actually was, I didn't. I had no clue. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah. Well. There's a lot of hints to it, but yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, after you watch it. First thing is people are always asking me about Tyler Durden. And then he, so it starts off where he explains that he's in this building and that the surrounding buildings are like rigged and ready to blow. And it does like a similar uh, tactic as the sweat going through like the gun, that movement that happens maybe like five or six times in this movie. Mm -hmm. And it goes through like, the fucking buildings and it's going in and out of the garages and into the van very slick stuff very sexy very hot Mm -hmm. i think it's fucking really good and it's like again for 1999 really cool shit david fincher then used the like kind of like the same kind of thing again for like panic room going through like keyholes and air vents shit like that really Mm -hmm. slick stuff um, but yeah, one of one of the cool things about this movie. But yeah, so he describes what's going on, and then he says like, "I know this because Tyler knows this." This is like they're like literally fucking telling you straight up, right mm-hmm. from the fucking beginning, what's going on. Um, uh, and then he's just like, "Ah, let me back up." And then he's he's like on Meatloaf's titties, and he's like, <laughs> "Bob had fixed tits, <laughs> huge wreck." Uh huh. <laughs> And then he goes even further back and he talks about how he couldn't sleep for six months and shit and how like. Yeah, because that is a support group for dudes with testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, wait, hold on. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, like I got to tell you how I actually got here. Yeah, I want it will be very interesting when we put all these movies together. To be like, okay, which one actually doesn't start at the end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all these movies. Or not a chronological fucking order, man. Mm. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, maybe like Alien Three. <laughs> <laughs> First one, dude. Imagine if Alien Three started at the end. Oh, fucking Sigourney Weaver's jumping into lava. Ooh. Spoilers for Alien Three. <laughs> and then, like, and then as she's falling in, she's like, "You're probably wondering how I got." <laughs> <laughs> Let me back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I met the Xenomorph and <laughs> LV42. Xenomorphs. Mm. They took over. Mm-hmm. No, but no, that's like Sarah Connor. It has to, it has to be like the narrator. It's got to be sarcastic or whatever. Have you ever had your chest bursted by an alien? Yeah. <laughs> that's what's happening to me right now. <laughs> but let me back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Let's rewrite Alien 3. <laughs> the way Fincher would, should have done it. <laughs> yeah, so it goes back another six months. And yeah, so he's saying he can't sleep. And he's just like up all night watching television. and um, uh, Ronco, baby. Mm-hmm. 
And then another, he does like three of these slick movements right away. He's like at work and you see uh, it happens again. It goes through his trash bin and it has... It has the Krispy Kreme. It's got the Fritos. Starbucks cup. It's got the Bucks. Um, uh, yeah. Excellent product placement. Oh, White Castle. There's a White Castle Ooh, in there. Yeah. yeah. So he's, anything he's, he's a dope those, head. He was stoner. <laughs> he was stoner. And then he's just like staring blindly or whatever. And then I liked it in the DVD commentary when they're doing through the through that, that trash shot. Um, uh, David Fincher refers to it as a galactic a galactic tour of garbage, which is just sounds kind of cool. Just shit. <laughs> and that's that's his first. Um, that's the first time you see Tyler. He pops up. The machine's going. You see the flashes, mm-hmm. and then for that split second, he pops in. Boom! As the the mail carrier is wheeling his cart. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you should Google how many times Tyler comes out before he's right, fucking. I counted six, but let me see. Um, uh, yeah, so then after that, he explains how he's a, he's a slave to Ikea, and that's just a <laughs> fucking a great um, a scene where he's just, like, walking around his apartment, and it's, like, a catalog and shit. Six times before Edward Norton finds him. Yep, there we go. Beautiful. Okay, keep that queued up. Fantastic. Keep that queued up. <laughs> but, yeah, um, uh, he was... <laughs> I like wait what what does he say like which like which piece of furniture or is he talking about the his the yin yang table like what best represents me <laughs> as an individual yeah, <laughs> so I'm he's, I'm picking out which dining room set best describes me as a person yeah <laughs> yeah and then with the yin yang table well he says like if I saw something clever <laughs> like a coffee table that was in, in the shape it of a yin yang he's like I had I to have it <laughs> even the glassware with the imperfections to show they were handcrafted by the hands of the yeah. fucking working force or yeah and what's interesting about that is that this is a dude that lives by himself he has like no friends he's not even close to any co-workers but he has like a full set of dishes and stuff it's like why <laughs> yeah. yeah it's all stock mm-hmm Basically, his apartment is like an Ikea store or something. Yeah, it's like a showroom. Yeah, just for him because he's not even taking anybody there. It's very interesting the way I viewed this movie as a fucking teenager. And then I hadn't seen this movie in in many years. Obviously, I know so many lines from it. I know all the scenes. But I... I definitely saw the main character like so different this time. <laughs> I was like, oh, like before I was like, you know, I, I mean, you can still kind of relate to him, but he is a real piece of fucking garbage, right? Yeah. You kind of relate to him a little bit more because, I don't know, you're he's the narrator and you're going along on the journey with him and he's like a smart ass, he's very clever, stuff like that. But the way that he treats people and shit like that, it's like he's a real fucking douchebag, you know? Yeah, the, the bunch of the problems that happen to him are his own fault. Yeah, it's causes. all his fucking fault. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, um, uh, I, I guess he's at his most sympathetic in the beginning of the movie. And I don't know. I don't know. How did you guys 
feel about like him? Did you see him as a bad fucking character, Bono? Like you were like, fuck this guy. Who Edward Norton? Yes. No, I, honestly, I I was actually really liked his fucking character because it's again, it's that everyday workhorse dude. Because despite of him complaining or kind of looking at life through a through um, a fucked up view. He's still good at what he does no matter what, right? He's still going to do his job. He's still going to participate. He's he's able to purchase all this shit. So the dude's not struggling. He lives, like, on the whatever floor of this nice building mm-hmm. and all this type he's of shit. He's got a fucking bellhop and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big chilling. Big so, pimping. So it's, it's kind of hard. But at the same time, yeah, once he starts going to the... um. To all these uh, uh, support groups to deal with other people and their actual fucked up realities just so that he can feel something, that's where it kind of turns and you're like, oh, you're a fucking. Right. When I was a puss ass dude. When I was a teenager, I didn't see that as like, I guess I maybe felt it was a little immoral, but I didn't think that it was like too fucked up or something. And seeing it this time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's like. Very wrong. <laughs> right. But I, I guess, I guess maybe, you know, that's, that could also be a, a, some form of healthy approach because he's kind of venting with these people who feel legitimate pain. Right. And he could kind of take some of that shit. Like, you know, if you see someone crying, you, you can kind of, and it was helping him. Yeah. You can yeah. kind of take on that emotion and actually feel uh, something. I mean, you could, um, so, the whole reason that happens is that he goes to the doctor because he can't sleep and the doctor's basically like nah whatever like chew on the doctor tells him to sleep and i'm like what the doctor tells him to chew on a root and to get exercise that and shit works <laughs> valerian root there you go and that's yeah to get exercise like naturally get tired be more healthy and you'll probably sleep better but this guy kind of He's the victim here, you know. He victimizes yeah. himself. He's like, I'm in pain. Like, you need to help me. And he's like, he tells him, you want to see real pain? Go to the fucking cancer groups. Right. Like, when it goes with pain. the whole, like, commercialism thing, exactly, you know. it's the, yes. Like, he's like, give me the simple, quick thing yeah. that, that mm-hmm. fixes Just give this. me the medicine. Give me the pill. Yeah. And I'll be fine. I don't want to do the work. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. And That's honestly... This doctor could have saved a bunch of fucking buildings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell yeah. This fucking asshole. He, he created been, a terrorist. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah, dude. Douchebag. He just been He's like, a douche. Yeah, he would have been like, Edward. you know what? Fuck this guy. Here's your Xanax prescription. Get the fuck out of here. You know what's And really, everybody would have been safe. You know what's funny about this scene that I had never thought of before when I was watching it? He wasn't like in a room telling him that. He was like telling that to Openly, him and, like yeah. in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck kind of it reminded visit is Well, this? it seems like that was kind of his friend. I felt like his friend was a doctor. Oh, really? I That's what I got. I didn't, it, I didn't just because so. of how, uh, like, casual it was. It reminded me of the scene in The Hangover where they go see the doctor and he's kind of doing his own shit and they're, like, talking to him. It was the same shit because in the foreground, it looked like a nurse or whoever the fuck was there was cleaning up a bed as if someone either just left or died or whatever. And this dude's just like, yeah, dude, you just need fucking sleep. Get the fuck out of my yeah. face. And that's where you see the second subliminal mm-hmm. Tyler, he right? Standing in. behind the the doctor. Right. And then, so, yeah. So, that's how he gets to the support groups. Uh, well, another, in, like, what I, something I just thought about right now. Like, couldn't there, it, 
shouldn't there be like a, a better support group? He like if all he needed to do was kind of have support. He didn't have to go to a fucking cancer support group. I'm sure there's that's an where insomnia. The doctor told I know, but if I'm sure there's just, like an insomnia. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's also probably the the way the doctor saw it, right? He's like, oh, this puss ass dude has all this money. He can buy these pills. Like, you want to feel pain? Let me expose you to yeah. the world's reality, right? And I also thought Which that the, them at the, the doctor the didn't tell him, like, uh, as in go. Yeah. He as was, in, like, dude, your problem ain't shit. Yeah, like, right. you don't these have, people got real yeah. problems. Not like, hey, go check it out. Yeah. That Edward Norton's a fucking idiot. So he was. Like, yeah, <laughs> so he went, yeah. He's like, oh, this works. I, I, I'm not entirely 100%. I could be making this up. But I want to say that Chuck Polnick, Got one of the ideas from this because I guess he was driving like one of he had a lot of odd jobs as a writer or whatever mm-hmm. and one of them I think he was driving somebody with cancer to a support group or something so he like sat on the side of one or whatever and like witnessed it and was like holy fuck like this is fucking crazy you yeah know? real could have made that up but I want to say that that's real it's <laughs> awesome if it is I mean shit I want to say that that's real and um uh so yeah, so that's where you get to meet Bob and um uh, so what how how the narrator works it out is like he he embraces Bob, he he puts his head on his bosom and for some reason he just fucking lets go and cries. No, you cry. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right cuz he's hearing about Bob tell him how he basically ruined his life by doing steroids and he used to be a bodybuilder right. they were for horses yeah <laughs> and so they gotta drain all the fluid out of yeah the yeah so he's hearing how fucked up bob's life is and actually maybe probably feeling a little bit better about himself but he still lets go of like all the, whatever emotions he has in him that he's just been bottling up and it all just fucking it all just comes out, and it's a big release to him, and then he becomes addicted to it. And then after that, like, after that, it shows him, like, sleeping, sleeping like, like in his bed. fucking baby. And he's all like, babies don't sleep this good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's even got, like, a, not a full smile, but it kind of has, like, a smirk as he's hearing it from Bob. And then that's when he turns to him and is like, okay, well, you cry now. And then that's when he releases, like, okay, I can actually cry. And then that seems also fucking hard. Because it shows that part where the guy's talking about how he used to be married. Oh, yeah. How, like, his wife always wanted girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, and so, like, yeah, like, she's pregnant now. And she's going to have a little girl. And he's just like, oh, and I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her. She always wanted kids. And then he just, like, fucking breaks <laughs> down. And just starts crying, and it's just like, oh fuck! It's like such a gut punch yeah, right it's there. So fucked. But that's good for him that he has an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, oh my god! He's not sitting at home in his apartment all With sad. Uzi. Yeah, yeah he's, he's talking to Bob. That's, that's good. Yeah, good for that guy. I hope he's doing good. I don't Jesus. know. Oh, do we have an update on that guy? <laughs> <laughs> they should make a follow up story on that dude. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then I don't know when. Does Tyler pop up at, at somewhere in the support groups? No. But you do get one of the things where he's kind of building Tyler right there. Because one of the people in the support group says, I see a lot of new faces or whatever, which is something that 
he will end up saying. Right. And basically, he builds a whole fight club is a support group, right? So he ends up kind of, he just ends up doing the same thing in like a really extreme fucking, in the sickest way you could do it. Right. But yeah, it's like, this is where, like, yeah, you see the subliminal Tyler's, like, this thing is brewing. It's slowly coming out, and he's taking the steps towards complete fucking mental break <laughs> at this point has he passed by him at the airport no. i don't believe okay. so. no 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 I, let me let me quick check and see where they come out but i know for sure one was when he was making copies the other one was there at the hospital or clinic and now i'll get the rest real quick to keep that queued up bro anyway so he's like over here very fucking like, he becomes addicted to support groups. He starts going to different support groups every night and shit. Um, uh, one of the little tidbits I read, because one of them is for sickle cell. And I guess if you look closely, him and Marla are the only white people <laughs> in that support group. <laughs> wow. It's all black people and Mexicans, because... Well, I guess they're the or yeah. they're the people that are prone to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's that's where you meet the character of Marla. Marla has one of the really coolest fucking, like, character entrances of all fucking time. She comes in with that, like, big fucking hat and the sunglasses. It's, like, slow motion. She's smoking. The smoke's, like, slowly coming out of her fucking face. Oh, shit. Tyler does pop out in the support group. I do it. I right? Knew it. As soon as he talks about the, the wife having the kid. Yeah, I knew he popped up for somewhere. Okay. There you go. Nice. That's three. Um, uh, yeah. And then, so, what was I saying? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so, uh, you were saying something She's about being racist? She's got the dopest Oh, yeah. Marla. Marla being racist for a bit or something? No. Mar- that was not. <laughs> So Marla, Marla comes out. I really like her entrance, dope entrance, and then that's what fucks it up for the narrator right there. Um, uh, fun fact about Marla's name: Chuck Polinick named that character after a girl that used to be his sister up in school. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Immortalized her. Yeah. Here you go, sis. Yeah. I'm Remember ra- this one? She's <laughs> fucking nuts. And so she's like just, she's kind of like a slightly worse version of the narrator. She's doing the exact same thing. Her life is not as together. And she's like, you know, as the narrator has those thoughts but doesn't say them, she just flat out yeah, is disrespectful. Yeah, she's like the, and the polar opposite. She's the fucking gutter bitch. She's not the polar. She's actually him. She is the him that he wishes no, he no, no. could be. I'm just saying, like, to the lifestyle, like, to how oh, he right. lives his life or conforms to society. She is the opposite. Yeah, but she kind of represents kind of like the person that he is inside. And that's why he fucking, he hates her because she reminds him of himself and he knows that she's lying because she straight up shows up to these cancer groups smoking yeah. and she's smoking in them. <laughs> she's smoking the series like, is this cancer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's like, God. bitch. <laughs> yeah. 
And then so that so while she's there, he can't cry. So he can't sleep. So all he becomes an insomniac again. Fucked it up. Yeah. And then there's that really awesome scene where you meet Chloe. I think he's he describes her as like Meryl Streep's like skeleton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like a really funny but also messed up scene of her being like, dude, like I'm like gonna die and all i want to do is just fucking get laid one last time before i go so it's like right there it's kind of like Ugh, that's yeah, kind of sad yeah, this is yeah. messed up but then she goes into like i have Detail. porno magazines and like <laughs> video lube yeah and lube <laughs> she starts naming a bunch of shit and then like the ladies is like all right that was close <laughs> give a big round of applause so i was paying attention to the thing and yeah like you say everyone's kind of like oh fuck kind of grossed out there's one person when who's sitting there right in front of marla who smiles everyone else is kind of like oh fucking looks down this is looking right at her kind of smiles like i'm gonna hit this bitch (laughs) Uh, that's hilarious it's pretty fun um uh oh i forgot to talk about the meditation so before Mahler shows up he he does um uh when he's got having success in these groups they do like this meditation thing where they tell him to go into their caves and he goes into like this glacier cave and they tell him to find this power animal and it's a little penguin who giggles like a child and says slide. slide. Which I don't know what is that? What is it? Is it telling is it telling him like like your mind's gonna fucking go through or I don't know. What is the significance of the fucking power animal? Playing <laughs> Mario sixty four. <laughs> Ooh, uh, the me? fucking penguin. You yep. know what the fuck it is, bro. Remember you had to if you got that little baby. You had to be weary of the mother, and what would we do? We would take him to the cliff and, and drop the baby. <laughs> if you didn't do that, you're a liar. Fuck you're you. Liar. Oh, I've always been a PETA support. Go fuck yourself. You <laughs> kill that penguin. I love penguins, dude. <laughs> fuck you. The march of the penguins <laughs> is beautiful. Happy fuck. feet. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, surf's up. That's my favorite penguin. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> penguins. Penguins. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's his, episode yeah, coming that, up. <laughs> <laughs> that's his fucking spirit animal yeah and so when marla's there and they're trying to make him do the same meditation like you know she's disrupting his life so much that he's not seeing the penguin anymore now she's in there and she's like well, and she tells him the same thing like slide yeah. you know fuck it yeah which i think that is kind of like more like he's he's reaching his fucking breaking point you know and it's great, too, because you could physically see how annoyed he is by her presence. He's just so angry. Yeah. And it, it could be, like, also, like, a sexist thing or something. Like, a dude just being like, I'm just mad that this dude, woman just this fucking chick- came <laughs> She's at a testicular cancer fucking support group. Oh, it's like, yeah. come on, It's lady. so fucking funny, because then... He's just like, you do not have to stick that cancer. He's like, well, you still have your balls. Like, technically, I have more of a right to be there. <laughs> really? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then when he finally confronts her, it's really funny, too. Because she's, like, getting coffee. And fucking, he just, like, pulls her. And he's just like, you're a fucking faker. He calls her a tourist. You're a tourist. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. I love that fucking term. He's like, you big tourist. <laughs> 
And then he's just like, I I saw you. I, I see you or whatever. And she's like, well, I saw you practicing. <laughs> 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 Fucking great shit. And then whatever. She's just like, fuck you. And then he like follows her out. And he's just like, all right, let's work this out. Let's split up the fucking the support groups. And then, you know, he basically tells her, like, I can't sleep unless I fucking cry. So you need to fucking work. <laughs> Which her. that scene, too, where they're going off and just talking about trading days. It's pretty fucking brutal because, like, fine, I'll take brain parasites. You can have fucking <laughs> all uh, this other shit. Oh, she tells like, them, you take tuberculosis. <laughs> My smoking doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hilarious. Fucking and then hard, right man. out, why does she's doing that? She's, like, straight up stealing fucking laundry. clothes from a laundry man. And she goes right across the street to sell them. And then also another badass character traits how she just crosses the street without fucking even checking just cars are just like whizzing by her which about life which was actually fucking shot practically that is not cg they timed those fucking cars that's fantastic like uh, i was i saw that on the commentary that director was she was just like dude like so how does that like how do i do this he's like it's all timed out you just gotta fucking walk <laughs> she's like jesus and then he talks about how it was this is actually really fucked up but i guess because of it i guess it was timed perfectly but in certain takes you could hear the cars hitting her coat like the buttons you could hear the buttons because the cars were physically fucking touching her at some time and she still does a really good like i don't give a fuck performance as she's like i'm sure pretty fucking scared that she might get run over So Fuck yeah! It's like Eddie Murphy and fucking. In both, both I was just thinking. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That was great! That was great! Let's do it again. <laughs> Crossing the four hundred five. Fuck <laughs> yeah! We need to do bowfinger. That's oh, that's such a good fucking movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Uh, and and so they they exchange numbers. So that's a you get the number exchange or whatever. And then he also describes uh, Marla as like, as like she always said that the, oh, it was when the whole traffic thing's happening. That she didn't give a fuck about her life, like the way she lived. She's like, fuck it, you could die at any moment. But the big tragedy of her life is that she, she didn't, didn't die. Yeah. Pretty. So if I had cool. a tumor, I'd name it I'd Marla. Name it Marla. <laughs> 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 yeah. And so then after that, you get into the narrator's job. You get that, like, montage of him, like, on planes. And he talks about single-serving friends, that he lives his life in a single-serving way, single-serving coffee, single-serving sugar, um, uh, the Q-tips or whatever. And he called all the people that he sits next to him planes single-serving friends. <laughs> Very funny. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, he goes into his job description where he's an analyst uh, for fucking for a car company. And he assesses a recall rate per their defectiveness, which is fucking in, like insane. Yeah. And it's fucking what's f- so fucked about that scene 
is that the guys, when they're looking at it, they're describing the scene. They're like, oh, look, the kids' braces are melted onto the door. He's like, that'll make a good non-smoking ad because yeah. it's on the ashtray. Yeah. And then uh, in the front driver's seat, he's like, look, his dad must have been a big guy because you could see the fat burned into the fibers on the fucking a flannel shirt. And he starts laughing and shit, right? One of the guys, it's like a really sick approach to it. And so then he's just like, well, my job is to assess how many times this is going to happen. And if it's good enough, if, if it's as many times for me to call in a recall, is it more often than not? That's not the case. Well, yeah, he's he, fucked like, up. Uh, he says like this weird thing, like if, if the like lawsuits or whatever they have to pay off was less than it took to make a recall, <laughs> then, then they wouldn't make a fucking recall. Yeah, they would just, just pay off the lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. right? like, fuck it, we lost a little bit less money. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that to a chick on a on a plane, and she's like, "What company do you work for?" It's like a major. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. And I was I was telling these guys that my neighbor had a town car, and that's the car in this car in this movie that happens to fucking crash, happens to burn, all the fucked up shit happens to this car, the yeah. car that goes over the spikes, the car, all that shit. Um, town car. Oh, Lincoln. Yeah. I always, when I was a kid and saw that, I thought that was like one of the most awful things. Just to think of a guy burning in his seat. They were like, oh, yeah, like the whole family got trapped inside by the seatbelts. And right. just like, that's the first time I ever fucking even that thought came into my fucking head. Which is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Fuck Jesus. Yeah. The melting of the, the metals are, are that thin that they could melt. And then they, mend and you're stuck and that's why i will have a pocket knife yeah. now <laughs> on me at all fucking times mm-hmm. <laughs> well at least he died looking cool with that knife in his yeah. hand <laughs> he slit his throat <laughs> <laughs> that's why he carried a knife he should have cut himself yeah. <laughs> i don't know why he just had to cut himself out <laughs> this fire was super slow <laughs> yeah, yeah. This man wanted to die yeah. <laughs> i think it's very movie with spike <laughs> He's sick. <laughs> Kept calling himself Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so he's talking about the insurance and stuff. And then he imagined, oh, he says that he would always pray for an air, for an air collision or something. Right, right. And you get that fucking really cool scene. Little Final Destination action. Did A little take, bit. Did they take that from this? I want to say Final Destination was maybe the same year. So let's check it out. Maybe maybe a year or two before, maybe ninety eight, but it has to be around the same time. We got let me see. It's good plane crash sequence. Oh, it's yeah. pretty good. And I was telling these guys as soon as the the fucking airplane hits, the stewardess who's on the phone just gets splattered on the wall. <laughs> so like, the impact starts with her. And you, just, I love two thousand, my boy. Ooh, Fight Club Fight wins. Club, yeah, Fight they, Club they wins. Show them the way. Um, uh, wow! Yeah, I just love the narrator's look as he's this scene's playing out. He's just kind of looking around, kind of like in wonder. He's like not scared. He's just like, oh fuck! <laughs> like look because he's pictured it in his head, right? Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? What if that was going on right now? Mm-hmm. Like fucking nuts! And then he says, You're dead. And then he says, insurance price triple during a business. <laughs> 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 But who's going to get that fucking exactly. money? Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's a loner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stupid 
and then um uh so he comes out of that like little delusion of the airplane and then all of a sudden Mr. Tyler is sitting next to him. Right. So oh, we missed the, the final the final when he pops in. Well, there's two more. Well, the the one was with Marla when they were leaving the the building. Right. She walks away and she pops up like in her shadow. Uh he pops up in her shadow. And then this one when he's on the flight back, he's in the conveyor belt going the opposite way, but he's not flashing anymore. He is now embodied. Yeah. That's the most obvious one. I mean, because yeah. they literally show him. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, embodied. So, so before that, he's in the commercial when he's in the when he's oh, in the hotel. Right. So yeah, so it goes from flashes to he sees him in a commercial, then he physically sees him. Well, he doesn't see him, but he's there. He's there, yeah. And then finally after that, he's finally sitting next, next to, to him. him. And um, uh, they're talking about the uh, emergency procedures. Yeah, because Tyler's sitting next to the emergency exit. And I always, I was like, Tyler Durden's just one of the coolest fucking characters in in fucking cinema, in my fucking opinion. He just has a bunch of cool shit that he says. He's just like the personification of cool fucking leather jacket, sunglasses. That's what. And I was like that, but that's what he's like. Also, like literally supposed to be right? exactly. Right. That's which right. is why he's like, that. yeah, he's fucking suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like all like saying like, like uh, and they, and like, do you know what the fuck like this is here for or whatever? It's like, yeah, like I don't know. It's all like he's just like uh, an emergency procedure like at six hundred feet. Like what the fuck? Like this door is only here as like to comfort you to mm-hmm. think that. You would actually live. There is no fucking emergency. This isn't gonna fucking help you if we're going down, right? And it, I mean, it makes sense too, because at fifty thousand feet, which is regular traveled height, there's uh, less air. So of course, you need oxygen if there was to be a depressurized cabin. But he's right in the sense of saying, "Hey, oxygen gets you fucking high if it's pure oxygen, which they're mm-hmm. gonna run through because you need it because there's not enough." Uh, carbon dioxide in the fucking air for you to have that yeah. at that altitude which is cool too because it's also like he's also that guy who has the weird quick facts mm-hmm. that you know you might not be Random ready for you like, what the fuck why'd hey, you say that a polar bear could crush a skull with one two you know stupid shit like that right yeah. which is also what um the narrator hopes to be right because he refers he's to himself. So clever. Yeah, he's the clever guy, and that's the best part of it. Where he's like, "Well, how's that going for you?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, good luck with that shit." Yeah. <laughs> but I like when he's talking about the oxygen and the people that are getting high, and he's like, "Look at the brochures. Like, look at how happy they are." <laughs> it's like they're calm as Hindu cows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So fucking hilarious. And yeah, so the clever, so he tells him that he's the most interesting single serving friend he's ever had. And then he's going to explain it to him. He's like, oh, no, I get it. <laughs> it's like, you're very clever. <laughs> How's that working out for you? And then, yeah, so you see the suitcases, which is one of the big first fucking hints Tells, yeah. that, that it's him because they have the same suitcase. And you never see inside of the narrator's suitcase. So you would imagine that. In the narrator's suitcase, he has... It's full of fucking soap. <laughs> mm. It's double the amount of bars. Samsonite. Yeah. And then another tell, which I never thought about till I was thinking about it today. Because they flag his fucking suitcase. Right. 
So, I mean, he's been working with fucking explosives and this crazy material. That's probably why his suitcase got fucking mm. flagged, right? So it wasn't a dildo? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no? So I don't own they say, a dildo. But no, but they said it was vibrating. Yeah. Well, uh, he says, yeah, more often than not, it's a is a razor. But they never explain anything. They never no. call it back. But then I, I just thought about it that time. I was like, oh, well. They did. They, he was doing some shady shit. So maybe, dude, he's lucky because now they, when you go to the airports, they do that little fucking rubby hand test. He would have been super fucked. Oh yeah, I'm like what's <laughs> with all this nitroglycerin, <laughs> homemade? So somehow all we this can fucking tell body fat. Oh, you know, like, and then in that scene, like Brad Pitt randomly tells him, like, "Did you know that if you mix this this with that, you can make fucking napalm or whatever, frozen orange juice yeah. and gasoline." <laughs> And he's like, is that, that a thing? And he's like, is that true? <laughs> is that so? No, but uh-huh. so so they made so they changed the ingredients for the movie. But in the book, he does give you the fucking recipe to make Whoa. homemade dynamite. That's crazy, dynamite. <laughs> yeah, oh, I believe shit. so. Because <laughs> like napalm, I remember the napalm. I, I think I, do, the... I think it wasn't napalm. I think it was dynamite. I just no, said napalm. What, what was that book napalm. called? The freaking oh, God damn it! Something cookbook oh, right. anarchist cookbook mm-hmm. i remember that they would be you melt uh styrofoam and gasoline and that's that's how you made make homemade napalm. and there you have allegedly, it boys and girls allegedly <laughs> allegedly it. folks here we go we're uh, the anarchist fucking podcast telling you how to make fucking bombs <laughs> well uh for in and artisanal soap mm-hmm. yeah when those capital the shit that happened at the capital they said that they found some bombs and stuff that's what they found uh bro they were just quoting fucking fight club yeah bro. these guys were just like yeah that's how it's 1999 don't worry about it orange just, juice anybody have orange juice <laughs> <laughs> we found and orange juice yeah. anyone <laughs> you know what they could do with that shit come on you know what could happen with some fucking frozen orange juice and in the book they also say how you can drill a um, baby drill drill holes into a gun to make a silencer or something like what exactly where you have to do it and they're like but if you don't do it right like the gun will literally bro- blow no up shit. in your hand yeah. <laughs> so they're like you could do it Probably but you try. have to drill the holes in the right yeah, spot just give it a muzzle just break buy a silencer okay and silencers are illegal not in las vegas or something all right we're gonna take a quick break right now folks to get a silencer piss break over anyway right back into it so right after that you're aggressive um uh uh, the narrator gets home after he actually he sees Tyler get into like a fucking Camaro. Is it a Camaro? It is a Camaro. It's an RS a V6. Not the best one, but it looks nice. Convertible. Yeah. He jumps right in, drives off, and then he turns away. When he turns away, he sees someone run after yeah. him. <laughs> he's just like, wow, he's cool. Yeah. The way he's stealing. Yeah. And then um, Crime he gets cool. home and then... Yeah, his apartment blew up, so all of his shit is just on the fucking floor. And he talks, he's like, "How embarrassing!" Right. Or like, all he's like, all this stuff is like, and then that fuck, his fridge is right there, and he's like, "Is this a fridge full of condiments?" condiments. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, fucking mustard all exploded. Mm-hmm. Dude, so fucking yeah. So he goes to a payphone and. Basically, the numbers he has are Marla's number and Tyler's number. He calls Marla first, and then she he just hears her voice. And he I just, hear you breathing. Yeah, and he fucking hangs up. He's like, fuck that. No way. 
And then so he decided he and he even says, like, if you ask me now, I don't even I couldn't even tell you why I called him. But whatever. He calls Tyler. And then he doesn't answer. He's about to dip. Phone the phone booth starts ringing, and then it's Tyler fucking eating some fucking cereal like an asshole, just Mm -hmm. fucking crunching away. Super cool, just like what do you want? (laughs) Like who is this? (laughs) (laughs) Like I star sixty ninety man, but if you see closely when it's zooming in on the on the telephone, like when it's ringing. There's a sticker that says this payphone does not accept incoming calls or some shit like mm. that. So that's another fucking another tell right there. So then they go to a bar and <laughs> and fucking the narrator's just saying, like, I had a wardrobe that was getting very respectable. <laughs> it was almost done. <laughs> he's just like, I was that couch. He's like, I justified it to myself, like, that's the last couch I'm ever going to need for the rest of my life. And then the look on Brad Pitt's face is he's just like leaning on his hand, looking at him like, you fucking Jesus. fool and he's just like and now it's all gone man or <laughs> whatever but he's like so uninterested and kind of just like oh my god like you're so pathetic and he basically tells him like man like like fuck all that shit like i say burn it all fucking whatever he goes through his cool little fucking thing he's just like anti-material yeah it goes to the things you own own you or whatever he tells us it could be worse. So a woman could cut your penis off and throw it out of a moving car. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, he's just like, whatever, man. We're all like, he basically is just like, and he does that duvet speech. He's like, why do you know what the fuck a duvet is? He's like, what's a duvet? So he's like, it's a fucking blanket. Like, why do you know that term? Like, they're just On taking gathering sense. Why do we yeah, know that? Exactly. It's like they're taking away our like humanity or our masculinity or whatever, you know. So he's just like, fuck all that. We need to go back to being the root of human beings or whatever. Fuck all this civilization shit we got going on. And um, and he's <laughs> and he's just like. But that's just me. <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah, you're free to think of what yeah, you want. Yeah, I feel very bad. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> and then whatever, they leave the bar. And then he's like, oh, like I need to get a hotel or whatever. And he's like, God, ah, whatever, dude. Just fucking ask me and blah, blah, blah. He asks him. I need a place. Mm-hmm. And then you get here. Grease let him stay with him. And then you get the fucking... Awesome, like, um, I want you to hit me as hard as you can, you know? And it's like, why? It's like, I've never been in a fight, like... Have you? No. It's like, how much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight and shit? And I was like, fuck, yeah. Got in a fight when I was, like, fucking seven or something. (laughs) Got the shit. Learned a lot about myself that day. I learned that older kids could beat the shit. (laughs) 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 That's what I learned, (laughs) And, um, uh, yeah, so they fucking, yeah, <laughs> tells him to hit him and to surprise him. <laughs> and and Edward Norton throws, like, the wimpiest, bitchest fucking punch. Palm punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, to the ear. Yeah, and he's like, why the ear? <laughs> and it's so hilarious. And also, David Fincher actually told fucking Edward Norton to really punch him. He's they took him aside to the side. He's like, "Do it! <laughs> Just fucking punch him, bro!" 
So you get the the real fucking reaction right there. Um, uh, so then after that, you uh, the narrator kind of starts telling you what Tyler does. He's a projectionist, and he works like as a waiter at a fucking fancy restaurant and shit. And um, uh, there's a lot of things. Yeah, yeah he was like, uh, yeah. How does he not get tired? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? And then um, uh, they, he, when he's a projectionist, he, like, splices porn into, like, family films. And he talks about cigarette burns and stuff, which is a term that I learned because of this movie. Mm. And doing a little research, Chuck Palahniuk may have made that turn him up. No shit. Like, he said that they called it that, but nobody in the industry calls it that. And I was kind of Googling it. It's, like contested whether he made it up or not but they're called something else they're called like like real spots or whatever or something they have a name i, no, I not fake spots they're real spots <laughs> i i should have written it down or whatever but um uh he may or may not have created that term and then since then people have always been calling it cigarette burns but it was all because that dude just called it. That. It's also because of Pitt, okay? If Pitt tells you to call it something, you're going to fucking call it that, all right? Yeah. So, dude, don't look at me. <laughs> I can't do it when you're looking at me. Yeah, he would piss in the soup and fart on, like, the bread. <laughs> He's like, and the clam chowder. So, I'm like, well, Go you ahead. could guess. Tell him. Come on, tell him. And in the book, they're, like, he's, like, saying, like, it's a really fancy play. I forget what actress they they say, but in the book, it's like he asks one of the waiter waiters or whatever. He's like, "Let's just say that," and I forget what actress it was, but let's just say fucking Reese Witherspoon. He's like, "Let's just say that Reese Witherspoon has eaten my cum." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> oh man. Maybe she has too. Maybe he was just name dropping. Like, you know what? This chick did swallow. Yeah. Maybe. And you know what? She turned down the role of Marla Singer, so fuck you, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> to Reese Witherspoon. I didn't mean to call you a dumb bitch. She's nice. It's dumb broad. <laughs> Legally blonde. I hate that movie. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point, dude. I was just thinking the cigarette burns. Did that, like, fuck anybody up? <laughs> like, when they were, like, anybody, any real projectionists? I think by that point, there was not really... Most of it was digital. It wasn't digital. I think it was still reels, but they didn't have to. There was like they were enough, long transition. enough. There was oh, another okay. system where they, you didn't have to flip the reels anymore. You could just start the other one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because imagine it's all fucked up. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, so oh, then. Um, oh, fuck. I slept. <laughs> Stop it, Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> so then you get into the little montage of them fighting, like, in the parking lot. And then, like, people, like. There's a little group around them and like people being like, can I be next? And fucking all this stuff. Can I do that? <laughs> and he talks about how, so they go and Tyler lives like in this. Uh, on Paper Street. On Paper Street, of course. Mm-hmm. Amazing house. And it's like abandoned or condemned. Awfully unlivable fucking sure. house. Dope as Victorian though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would go for that. It's a good fixer upper. It's at least three floors in the uh, industrial area of where the fuck are they? It's true. I don't know where they are. <laughs> it's Los Angeles, but they never. Yeah, but yeah. they never say it, right? They never. I don't, and the police I don't are the silliest police, and it's not the LAPD. <laughs> <laughs> Is IKEA a West Coast thing? 
Sweden. Swedish? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that takes place in Stockholm. He, he, did, <laughs> he did have a jar of Mendocino something. So if he was Mendocino's going, finest. So if he was going artisanal, maybe Mendo, California. I don't know. Could be. There was an Italian guy though that owned the the joint. That's very East Coasty. Lou. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm yeah. Lou. Yeah, but yeah, they introduce you to the house. It's a dump. Nothing works. There's a the stairs are falling the apart. There's a flood in the basement. The fucking pipes, like the sink and the shower, it's all fucking brown Our water. Pets. Heads are falling out. <laughs> yeah. I've had it with this dump. <laughs> it's next to a paper mill, which makes it stink like sh- terribly. I've and uh, yeah, so they say that they're like alone for a half mile in every direction, like mm. after a certain time, because next to them is nothing, nothing but businesses or whatever. But you would think. When people come to work the next day and there's hella broken windows and golf balls everywhere, you're going to be like, I know who did this. <laughs> there's one fucking house. But then um, uh, it looks abandoned, it looks, though. Yeah. And he's probably gone during the... Well, I mean, he is gone yeah, during the day is. he's at he's work. Working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got me. Perfect cover. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Gatsel Chugger, whoever wrote <laughs> this shit. Whoever wrote it, I think. So they back. show him, like, playing golf when he's saying that. They're, yeah, they're just throwing the golf balls. Which apparently, um, uh, they were actually drunk when they were making that, when they were doing that scene, and they were shooting golf balls into the catering truck or something. Nice. It's pretty cool. It'd be cool to be rich and just fuck with poor people. That's a physically abuse the poor. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, in the commentary, he was just like, he, I think Edward Norton tells Brad Pitt, he's like, we were drunk that night, weren't we? And David Fincher's like, what? <laughs> like, he was just like, what the fuck, guys? He's only doing so that for insurance that purposes. a hundred times. Yeah, technically, yeah, you can't be drinking while making a movie. What? Legally. What? Yeah. I'm sure the Screen insurance? Actors Guild looks insurance down on that. Ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It de- yeah, technically, you're not supposed to be drunk when you're... I mean, you're at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's very little jobs that I can think of that are like, it's cool to be drunk while you do this job. Mad Men. Watch Mad Men, guys, on Netflix. The 50s were 60s ruled. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, uh, so then fucking after, Biden fucked everything after up. After that, you see the he's reading the I Am Jack fucking um, uh, like journals or whatever, that there was like a bunch of books written in the first person of organs or whatever, like I Am Jack's Medulla Umblagungata or whatever. And then Brad Pitt's like, I am Jack's colon. I get cancer. I kill Jack. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> but yeah, that's how like those, those jokes, they're so dark and so messed up. And we were watching one of the special features on the Blu-rays where they were talking about all the critics, how like they were all like, like most of the major critics, they were like talking about LA Times and New York Times all those people give him like really bad reviews. It's like I'm pretty sure it's because of fucking lines like that, <laughs> like super insensitive right. shit. Like, and that. yeah, it's distracting you too because uh, Brad Pitt's riding like a bicycle naked with a robe on. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, well, yeah, I gotta stare at Pitt. Yeah, but this is talking about colon cancer over here, just being mm-hmm. a total fucking guttural bastard. Yeah. And you go right into the bath time, which is like, they're, they're like super close. Fucking Brad Pitt's taking a fucking bath and he's just sitting there cutting his fucking nails. And they're giving themselves a little history and how they didn't have dads, how the narrator's dad like 
jump off and left when he was six. And he says that, like, he basically would just start a family, like, every several years and then pack up and go somewhere else to start another family, which explains why he is, has nobody. Does he have a term? Doesn't. Oh, my. Dirt didn't have a term. Yeah, for he that. says that he's uh, setting up franchises. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I'm like, damn, now I want to do that. Yeah. Just because that's pretty cool. And um, uh, so then. Durden's talking about how, like, yeah, like, my dad was just, like, he's like, Dad, I graduated college. What do I do now? He's like, get married. Just, and then, like, Jax is like, it's like, I'm a 30-year-old boy. <laughs> like, I can't get married. <laughs> like, what? Which is something I can relate to <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, it goes right into that. Um, uh, he's back at at work, and he's just, like, hating it. And he's starting to get like the bruises and stuff, and people are starting to notice. And his his boss is um, uh, like uh, I don't know. His boss is like not liked him from the beginning, or it's this weird thing. Where, I mean, he's a dick. Fuck that. Like yeah. he's a not. I mean, he's good employee. Like it seems like he's good at his job, but he doesn't. Well, the a- the whole thing about how. how he, Chuck Palahniuk came up with the story is that I guess he got his ass kicked when he was camping one time. Like he complained to what? some he complained to some campers that their music was too loud and they beat his ass. <laughs> and then he went to work the next day with like a purple eye or whatever, and he said that it was super crazy how none of his coworkers would acknowledge it, and they would say like regular shit to him like "How's your day" or whatever, and he was just like, "Oh, like these people." don't want to know me or they don't care to ask me or i'm making them super uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where he got the fucking initial idea about it so if he worked with a bunch of mexicans we would never have fight club because mexicans (laughs) would be like damn what the fuck happened to your face dog my mess way you lost dog why are you here exactly that's uh, (laughs) a very recently one of my coworkers did show up and he had like a big gash over his eye and i was like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) tell me everything what happened he was like man (laughs) i'm about to go on lunch dog (laughs) grab some gatorades from aisle seven and let's fucking go (laughs) meet me in the front (laughs) what was your registered guy (laughs) he's taking 15 15. let's go man he's with me no one yelling (laughs) was it stacy (laughs) <laughs> I know. Don't tell me. Let me. Let me get you a monster. What do you want? You want a monster? Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. You deserve something. <laughs> None of that sugar free shit. Give them the whole thing. Get the real one. Get the big one. <laughs> yeah. Let me get your peanut. Yeah, with the top, the unscrews at the mm-hmm. top. That you big, little one. drained magnum mm-hmm. monster. <laughs> yeah. But then it has. So the- good thing he worked at a white people company. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So then after that, they kind of start establishing the fight club. And then um, it has that cool montage where they're like walking into the bar and, you know, like everybody's following them. The they final go, countdown's playing. They go down. They, it's not. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was telling Electro, you were paying attention to that scene when they're walking in the bar, the pink bar sign that looks like a bar soap. They're walking there. He's passing the first two doors. There's a man to the right who's right in the corner where there's like a little bit of light and he has glasses. 
That dude looks like the author of this fucking thing. I'm not sure about that. That would it be, might be. That would be awesome if he was. Definitely so if could he is, be, but... I don't know if you out there know the research, how the research, know the guy, whatever. If they, if he did, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. But yeah, he goes through that whole thing. Like, it was on the tip of everybody's tongues, but Tyler and I just gave it a name or whatever. And you get that. You know, the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club, you know? Just fucking great. One of the one of the most repeated, probably the most repeated line of this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Ozzy had never even seen it, and we were, like, you know, texting about watching the movie, and you sent a fucking gif <laughs> with, with that fucking quote on it. You hadn't even watched it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's basically saying how, like, you know, this shit's just giving all these fucking dudes that are filled with testosterone that don't have anywhere to put their manliness. It's giving them a fucking outlet to, like, just let it all go and be fucking men or whatever. That It didn't matter what, you're, what you did or whatever. Talks about how, like, this... Uh, the copy boy at his work like beat the shit out of like the maitre d of like a food court or something mm-hmm. and like at that point like he was the fucking shit doesn't matter what your fucking job titles or your statuses are when you're right there just everybody beating the shit out of each right, other right. kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah, there's cool. there's some truth to that shit and on some real like as a personal escape I remember at the time when I was at Google, we'd play soccer and we'd have everyone. We're talking about fucking coders, lawyers, legal, the the whole fucking nine, right? The whole spectrum of the workforce. Motherfuckers be showing up in Ferraris and fucking Skylines and all these imported gorgeous vehicles. But when we'd get on the field, I'd be putting in mad work, you know what I mean? And I was the valet guy for the first three months and doing all this shit. But when it came to, like, that respect level, I'd put motherfuckers on their ass and then and vice versa. You know, you'd have the bad motherfucker, but for that hour and something, you're on the level uh, playing field, mm-hmm. literally. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the fuck you do. That's you're right. going to put it all down here. So that's pretty awesome. That's right. You're like, why is why are they making him? Why does he want to be called Tyler when he plays soccer? <laughs> hey, yo, Tyler. Why is he keeps telling us that we're not special? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then so then Marla calls him, which is another giveaway right there, because he gave her his number and she calls him at the at that fucking house, right? So that's a giveaway right there. That fucking Let's see. that he's been living there and doing shit at that fucking house the whole time pretty cool and then so yeah she's like basically telling him that she's trying to kill herself and he's just like leaves the phone there doesn't give a fuck dips and then fucking <laughs> Tyler just fucking <laughs> swoops right in. In the middle of that call, yeah. fucking Tyler is doing fucking <laughs> Bruce Lee. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's doing karate in the mm-hmm. background with like nunchucks. So yeah, he sees him take off and then he just goes up to the phone. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever heard a death what, rattle? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And then he shows up and she's like, You got here fast. 
did I call you? Which is another thing, and that's another giveaway. But at the same time, you're like, she's fucked up. Yeah, she, yeah. Sure, but it's a giveaway. She's like, she doesn't know this guy, but she like bring. Well, again, if Brad Pitt showed up at your fucking doorstep, you'd probably be like, okay, I wouldn't be mad. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> but that means she also called the cops. Yeah. No, well, it is insinuated that the neighbor called the cops. She's like, oh, that the the old lady next door probably called the cops. She says that. No, I think she was looking she for She says her. that. Does she? Yes. I think she's reaching. No, she says that. She says that. She's like, oh, fuck. Like, the neighbor probably called the cops or whatever. And then, yeah. So that scene's awesome, too, because Tyler literally never speaks to her. He just shows up. He's just, like, staring at her. She's just talking. He's just, like, grabs her as soon as she finds out the cops are coming. And But it's got to... I think it was her that called the cops because yeah. they know she's trying to kill herself. Yeah. So she called him, like, yo, yeah, I'm trying she, to kill myself. They already just, know who she is. Right. It could be... If you live in an apartment complex... Sometimes you could hear what your neighbors are saying, and if she's on the phone talking about killing herself, she could have. That's the what neighbor could have. That's her. what she's I like thought. A drama queen. That's what she I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought when she said, "Did I call you?" I mean, like, oh wait, I thought I called the cops. I'm sure, like, aren't they supposed to be here by now? Like, oh, like, you you're nine one two. I forgot. You got here fast. Cops aren't supposed to show up fast, right? It take forever to get there. Type shit. Yeah. So oh that's yeah. See, there you go, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You're okay. wrong, Electro. Well, I'm just telling you what fucking ha- she says that they call the cops. Okay, mm. she anyway, she was on drugs. You can't listen to her. Anyway, she's Ta- on that Zan. Tyler has to bang her all fucking night because she's ODing. She's like, if I fall asleep, I'm dead. So you gotta fuck me all night. Mm-hmm. Damn. And then <laughs> her words. Oh well. <laughs> and then fucking <laughs> it has one maybe the greatest line in the movie because yeah. <laughs> in the morning. But, well, in the morning, the narrator sees her. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my house. Like, And she's like, fuck you. And she, like, <laughs> she, like, leaves. And then Tyler shows up. He's, like, laughing. He's like, you got so some fucked, fucked up. up <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, right before his coffee. Yeah, he's like, dude, this is shit that came out of this woman's mouth. And they're just laying there. And she's like. I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. <laughs> the time just like, huh? mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is an awesome part about the trivia. I'm sure if you like this movie and you know anything about it, you got to know this trivia that um, uh, the original line from the book was Tyler. I like, I want to have your abortion. Mm-hmm. And that the studio at Fox hated that line so much that he they were just like, you can't have it. Like, you got to get rid of it. So Fincher was like, fine. But whatever I put in it, you can't make me take it out. And the guy was like, whatever. Whatever you choose is not going to be as bad as what <laughs> that is. And then so they filmed that one. And then when he saw it, he, like, begged them to change it back <laughs> to the abortion <laughs> thing. And he was just like, no. <laughs> you said I could pick whatever the fuck I wanted. Right. And it is, I gotta say, it's a better fucking line. It is a very yeah, disturbing, yeah, yeah. messed up line. Because obviously she got, like, Child raped. raped. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently that's also when the... the So Ed Norton and um, Brad Pitt were at the premiere at the Venice Film Festival. And apparently they got stoned. And they were up, they were up in the balcony with the guy that ran the film festival... 
So nobody was getting the jokes. They were getting all stoned. And at that line, that's when the guy walked out of the fucking movie. Wow. He was just like, fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And when that line came, he was just like, I'm out. Walked away. I had fucking... It was a bomb. People shitted all over it after that wow. thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's what pushed the guy over the edge. Yeah, and so then after, I don't know, they go into that little montage of them just hearing, him just hearing them banging, like, all the time, which is hilarious. That chick does some hilarious <laughs> sex sounds. Like, Tyler's fu- sex sounds are funny, too. Right. But the moans she's making... Are so over the top. It's so exaggerated. Super drawn out. Yeah. Yeah. Like shrieks. They're, They're like so shrieks. fucking funny. He's like, ow. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, ow. Um, uh, and then it sh- it goes to him being at work. His shirt has blood. He's smoking. His boss is just like, dude, get the, get the fuck out of here. Come back Monday with clean clothes. Like, get your shit together. And he tells someone, is that your blood? Like some of it. (laughs) That's a great line. I fucking love that line. I just like that was good. Yeah, and um, uh, then it's like he happily goes back home with his briefcase. All unorganized papers are coming out of it, and he's like prancing up the steps to get into his fucking house. And then he has to come home to the sounds of fucking Tyler and Marla fucking right. And a uh, nice little tidbit, Brad Pitt and Helena Bonham Carter spent three days recording different orgasmic sounds for that shit. That's awesome. <laughs> it must have been so fucking fun. <laughs> also, yeah, in that fuck scene where he's going back to his room and uh, Tyler opens the door, he's wearing, like, uh, dishwashing gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, homeboy has a heavy... Heavy dick root showing. He oh, yeah. looks fucking you, shred city, I, man. I wonder. There's. Do you watch Archer? Of course. No. There's a. There's that scene. It's fucking exactly that scene. Him opening the door naked, only wearing yellow fucking oh, yeah, dish gloves. That was, that that was Brad Pitt's idea on the day, and that was one of the scenes also that. One of the Fox people was just like that. They were just disgusted by that. They're like, "Can you fucking take that scene off?" Worship the but, man. But apparently, that was one of the like when they screen tested it, it got one of the biggest laughs in the movie. They were like, "We can't get rid of it. It's probably one of the bigger laughs." In the movie. <laughs> you want to finish her off? <laughs> yeah, dude, God, that was so good. She's all falling over the fucking thing. That's where he's like, "Ow!" <laughs> right before he opens the door. <laughs> yeah. Then who are you talking to? Shut up! Oh, so good. <laughs> Which is another tell right there. He's like, "Who are you talking to?" Exactly. And then um, uh, the detect that's when the detective calls him and you kind of find out that he might be a suspect. Right. And that it wasn't the pilot light that blew up, that somebody vandalized. Someone used Freon to get into the place. Mm -hmm. And then whatever, he hangs up and then Brad Pitt shows up and then he's just like, what are we doing tonight? He's like, tonight we make soap. Fucking awesome fucking scene. And Brad Pitt and Edward Norton actually learned to make soap while making this movie. Well, kind of cool. I do like that when he's talking to the detective and he's like, those weren't just things. 
those were my life. They mm-hmm. were me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I would like to I thank like the account. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sadly probably the only time Edward Norton's going to be able to say that. I hope Edward Norton wins an Oscar. He's one of my favorite actors, but it's not looking good for him. Nah, he's been off for a while. <laughs> the fat heist. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they break into the liposuction place to steal the fucking fat from the... Yeah, and it's just like... Which I still don't get why we don't do. Why is that <laughs> not a If you want to, we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> not us personally, but yeah. Like, why don't we use that fat to make $20 a bar soap? <laughs> I'm sure they dispose of it properly. Not in a fucking trash can outside. Well, it was right. it had barbed wire, but, you know. Yeah, it was pretty protected. <laughs> That's not properly pretty just, safe. So still, a tr- <laughs> still a truck backing in there and taking so it. So fucking awesome <laughs> when the fucking bag of fat gets caught on the barbed wire and it's, like, just spilling and Tyler's literally trying to catch it with his ass. <laughs> Don't spill That's it. so gross. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to catch it with his bare fucking hands. Like, lives. Makes a scoop. Yeah. And then this is probably my favorite scene of the movie with the chemical burn scene. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the fucking speech I like latched onto the most as a ch- as a kid <laughs> when I would watch this shit. When he like the whole our fathers were our models for God. If our fathers failed, then what does that tell you about God and shit? Uh, like I heard that I was like, whoa, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he's basically, you know, and then he's trying to go off into his cave and he's like, nah, don't deal with it the way those dead people do. And he's just like, he's slapping the shit out of him. Right, right. And he's like telling him, this is the greatest moment of your life, man. And you're off somewhere else and shit. And then he kind of, he has to, I don't know what the point of it. He kind of makes him like stop panicking to like him. He makes him accept with like yeah. his pain or whatever. Yeah, stop uh, dealing, doing your coping mechanisms to mm-hmm. to make sure that you're okay. It's like you're gonna be okay no matter what. You just gotta give in. Yeah, to this reality. He basically he tells them uh, you have to know but not fear that one day you're gonna die and shit. He's also making him accept his fucking mortality and shit. That's when I pretty much like had it locked in. Like, oh, this dude's his subconscious. Mm-hmm. Like I was still trying to I for up until that I thought it was a dude slowly descending into um like more and more drug use or something like right. some addiction you would think so and that's why he was looking worse and all that and his teeth were falling all uh, uh, right. yeah that's what I was thinking at first and then that I was like oh no mm-hmm. this Tyler dude's his subconscious mm-hmm. yeah. he's he's hurting himself right now about trying to make that shit uh, yeah. And then whatever, when he finally accepts it and he throws the vinegar on him and he's like laying there and he tells him it's only after we've uh, lost everything that we're free to do anything. And he tells him, congratulations, like you're one step closer to hitting bottom. Like that's the whole thing. It's like, dude, I want you to fucking ruin your life basically. Mm -hmm. Like you got to fucking let go of everything that you believed in (laughs) and become a terrorist i don't know <laughs> yeah, but at the same time it's like he's he's doing the same to marla and in, in one of the scenes where she's leaving she's like she's almost at bottom like she's getting close to yeah like you know, she, he's like see she has like no fucking problem reaching bottom like why are you fighting mm-hmm. hitting that fucking low bar <laughs> uh yeah so anyway yeah they sell the fucking 
they sell the bars for 20, 20 bucks a bar. And he's just like, oh, it's beautiful. We're selling rich women, their fat asses back to them and shit. Which is crazy now because now bitches want to put things in their ass, not mm-hmm. take fat out of it. Right. <laughs> and then the boss, that's when the boss finds the flyer. And he basically says some scary fucking shit. Talks about taking a gun to work and fucking shooting everybody, which is like... A carbine Damn. gas-powered AR going from fucking... Uh, what does it say? From room to room. Yeah. Taking out fucking... Pumping, pumping, yeah, pumping. bullets into everybody. It's just like, dude... <laughs> I know that if somebody said that to me at work, I'd be like, ha ha, I'd like leave and like call the cops. I'm like, that's like, a write up, bro. I'm like, I'm sorry, I gotta write you up for that. <laughs> <A writer? laughs> no, it's like, ha. This is a, a red warning. Now you laugh One like, more threat and it's verbal. I would laugh like Vince Vaughn. Ha ha. Hug him. You're fucking funny, man. <laughs> Don't you ever fucking shoot me, please. Yeah, like, dude. we're friends. <laughs> Straight up. And I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then um, uh, in the middle of that, Marla calls. <laughs> he answers the phone. She's just like, my tits are rotting off of like brain cancer. And he like puts the hand over the phone and says, like, I have to take this. <laughs> There's a compliance and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, so he goes to meet a Marla because she says that she feels a lump or whatever. And on the way to meet her, like she like just taking food out of like the back of uh, some van like at a hospital or whatever she takes a couple meals and highbrow shit (laughs) and he's just like like he reads the fucking person's name on the meals like this person's not gonna eat (laughs) and he's just like she's like he's dead and i'm in poverty (laughs) i got you one (laughs) that's true and um, uh, and then that's when he runs into Bob on the street, and he's like, "Cornelius, he's like, we all thought you were dead." <laughs> so fucking funny. And then he's eating a fucking donut, Krispy Kreme. So disgusting too. How he just like throws, throws it, it and starts licking his fingers and shit. Meatloaf crushes it mm-hmm. in this fucking movie, man. Mm-hmm. Robert Paulson, and he tells him what? like. Like, have you heard about Tyler Go Durden and shit? Like, he's a great man and stuff. And those are so shit. the fucking the mystique of Tyler Durden is being fucking built and stuff. Well, I think right there too, he's still he's he's talking about is yeah, he was like born in a mental institution. Oh right, and he develops everything. He's like, oh well, he's kind of flattered because he thinks he's talking about him because mm-hmm. he knows that he created it or helped create it. So, yeah, his name is Tyler Durden, and, like, his expression changes. Yeah, he's, like, jealous he's and like, stuff. like, oh, fuck. Hmm. Yeah. It's like the magician under the stage, like, fuck this, bro. <laughs> I'm the fucking creator. I want the applause. And then he fights him, right? And he, obviously, Bob beats his ass. <laughs> They're, like, walking Squeezes out. Of, him. They're, like, walking out of there, and he's like, I didn't hurt you, did I? He's <laughs> like, <So> actually, <laughs> you did. <laughs> And then after that, you get the, and my uh, second or maybe first, I don't know which one's my favorite speech of this movie, but we're the middle children of history speech. Yeah, that's a good one. So fucking good where he, he's just saying like, we got no great war, no great depression. Um, uh, our great war is a spiritual, spiritual war. war. Great depression is our lives. Just so fucking good. That's man. a good one. Two years away from the longest war ever, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 
didn't see that's that true. coming, did that's you, Finchy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but good shit. It's like we we work jobs we hate so that we could buy shit we, we don't, don't need. need, and fucking like oh, we've all been raised on television to believe we'd be rock stars and movie gods, but we won't, mm-hmm. and we're slowly learning that fact, and we are very pissed off. That's just fucking grade A mm-hmm. writing right there, bro. That shit made me want to fucking burn things down. <laughs> John Steinbeck called them embarrassed millionaires. Embarrassed millionaires? Yeah. John Steinbeck says socialism never took root in this country because it's full of embarrassed millionaires. There you have it. Well, and people that are just like, fuck! I'm this close to making it! <laughs> like, no, bitch! We're all poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where the Lou scene. So Lou comes out right after his, uh, Tyler's most glorious speech where he fucking, you know, he's starting his cult and shit. All these people. He's saying things like that that make people fucking relate. relate and fucking they're just like, yes, he's like they're Charles Manson. He's their fucking God. Um, uh, Chuck Palahniuk talked about how this book was about father figures and stuff. And about letting go, like, that people typically have two father figures in their life. Like, their biological father, who they eventually have to let go and kill. And then the other father who they meet that kind of, like, teaches them or they fucking look up to or whatever. So, basically, Tyler is kind of this father figure to a bunch of fucking people that maybe didn't have fathers or whatever. They had to let go of their father and stuff. And so the things that he say make sense to them. So they are willing to fucking do whatever the fuck he fucking tells them to do. Right. It's fucking great. And then the Lucy. My name is Lou. <laughs> Who the, the fuck, fuck are, are you? you? I'm Tyler Dirt. <laughs> and he just, another great scene where he just like beats the shit out of, out of him. And like, I ain't, I didn't quite catch that Lou. <laughs> he was hitting him. Say, like, okay, okay, I got it. Shit, I lost, lost it. it. <laughs> and then, uh, so he like beats him. He's like super bloody. And then he like jumps on him and he starts like putting zombies. He, yeah, he's like putting all his blood on his face and he tells him, you don't know where I've been. It's basically being like, dude, my blood is on your fucking face right now. You don't know what the... Yeah, I could have fucking AIDS, bro. Like Some 28 days later <laughs> shit, bro. Yeah. Some but he stuff. just keeps saying that to him, like, you don't know where I've been. And he's like maniacally laughing. Like, you don't know where I've been. It's just fucking awesome. And that's where the homework assignments come in. One of Bono's favorite scenes right there where everybody has to their homework assignment is that they have to go and um, get in a fight, get in a fight and lose. Yeah. And that's just hilarious. It's funny, too, because they're explaining that, like, it's probably the hardest thing to yeah. do because people are pussies. And then people will avoid do avoid everything to avoid it. Yeah. And you get some really funny scenes out of it. The fucking mechanic who just hosing everybody that walks by <laughs> next to it. and fucking the priest is the only one that actually fucking was just like it's fucking Buster Bluth he looks like him <laughs> he's like I'm sorry sir you seem to have sprayed me <laughs> he just sprays him in the face sprays the and then he like knocks his bible down and sprays it fucking hilarious and near the end he's the first one to be like you don't ask questions mm-hmm. like you could he stayed in the thing and yeah, became he, one he of, got recruited in 
Yeah. The priest. The priest. Mm-hmm. Well, right, it goes right into him fighting, like, right yeah. after that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they do the Raymond Castle scene where he, like, fucking robs this dude and fucking... He tells him, like, why are you working this shit job? Like, what did you want to be when you wanted to grow up? Like, a veterinarian. Basically, tell he takes his license and he's just like, if you're not on your way to becoming a veterinarian in six months, I'm going to come in your house and I'm going to fucking blow your brains out and shit. <laughs> what, what does he say? Like, oh, the narrator's like, I feel sick. He's Imagine like, how he feels. <laughs> Run, Forrest, run. So fucking funny. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So then basically after this, fucking um, uh, Tyler starts recruiting people. He fucking builds fucking bunker, a bunch of bunk beds in the basement. He starts getting a fucking army. They form Project Mayhem. It's like really not even about Fight Club anymore. It started as Fight Club, and now it's Project Mayhem. And now they're just going around and doing. They're they're terrorists, basically. They're fucking. They're doing mayhem. They're defacing public property. They're, I mean, shit. They're threatening people. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, they're destroying the TVs, the computers, and the luxuries. Right? They get they feed a bunch of pigeons laxatives, and they shit on BMWs. Right? They're fucking. That's like the pinnacle of luxury for for a lot of people. People's television sets is what connects them to the world. So they're fucking up dish satellites for for these people. And then the computers, the Big Mac, Macintosh, they set them on fire, which Oz had a really big problem with because apparently you can't put That's gasoline. all factual. Forget what Oz said. That was all accurate. <laughs> you can't pour gasoline. That was all accurate. Into a TV monitor. That was all accurate. What it leaked. It all leaked out of the fucking vent holes. Shut up, Oscar. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. It's true. It's just true, man. It's just true. Yeah. And then, um, uh, that's a, I mean, Jared Leto's angel face kind of comes into play. Very prominent. Super fucking blonde. <laughs> the fucking, the first recruit who's out there and shit, and they're telling him to get the fuck out. And that's uh, not Jared Leto. No, I know. But the, the first recruit when he comes in and. Edward Norton's like looking at him, get out of here. And he starts hitting him with a broom. <laughs> with a broom. Like, I'm going to go inside and get a shovel. <laughs> I'll be right back, motherfucker. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Um, uh, and then so, yeah, so they're building their fucking army. And um, they do this, like, they blow up some building. They make a giant smiley face on the side of a fucking building. And one another thing, apparently, in that scene, when Edward Norton comes in, he's holding one of the files to Project Mayhem in his fucking hand, mm. which is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> and he gets there and he's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? And everyone's just looking at him like, like what? <laughs> he, yeah, we just, your idea. We oh, just fuck did it. this with yeah, you. Yeah, he just participated. And that's the thing. Tyler Durden's covered in paint. And he's not, mm-hmm. but it's him. So it's he's but he had, but paint. he walked in holding the folder. Right. Fucking awesome. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then um, they see in the news that like the commissioner is just like, yeah, don't worry, we we've got like a task force. We're gonna get these fucking guys. So they go to like a one of these fancy like whatever thousand dollar plate fucking crime city um, uh, fucking dinners banquets. or whatever. And they like threatened to cut off that dude's balls, 
And Meatloaf's like, his balls are ice cold. <laughs> One of my favorite fucking scenes. Another awesome thing that Tyler says in that scene is just like, dude, the people that you are after are the people that you depend on. Like, we cook your meals. We take out your garbage. We do this. We do that. Like, we guard you while you sleep. Like, we're the ones doing it all. Like, do not, do not fuck, fuck with, with us. us. Super fucking. This movie has so many fucking awesome quotes. And um, that's where the narrator starts getting jealous of Jared Leto. He sees that, like, Tyler kind of, I don't know. He's, like, proud of him or tells him. he has, He's given some kind of trust to him or some shit. So he gets really jealous. And that's why he fucking beats the living shit out of him. Even the one of the rules is that, like, if someone goes limp, you got to stop. But he just doesn't stop. And he just fucks his face up. And then the sound of just, like, like just like meat hitting meat or whatever that's what makes that that and then they also are cutting to people that are just like looking away like going like oh fuck and it's just like it makes that scene super crazy and you finally see his face and it's just like so fucked up and all his teeth are fucking gone does someone throw up in that oh no no that's in the tyler Durden one when he's throwing the blood. oh right yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah never mind yeah and he's like all saying like at the end of that, he's like, I wanted to breathe smoke and shit. And Tyler's just like, when did you go all psycho and shit? And he's like, I wanted to destroy something beautiful. Too blonde. He was too blonde. <laughs> You're too fucking blonde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so then we get in. We keep going into Project Mayhem. It just keeps getting worse. And... um. Uh, there's just so many people at the house. They're all doing a bunch of stuff. He doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. And, yeah, it just leads to fucking, yeah. We're, we're going super long, so we just need to wrap this bastard up. Just going to speak through the end of this fucking movie. Yeah, so then there, then comes the Robert Paulson scene where, they're again, they're tasked to deface um, art and government property or a franchise property. So, um... They're, they're set out to go destroy this fucking ball that is perfectly timed. And, you know, they were knew exactly what they're doing because it rolls down this uh, building plaza and goes into a coffee shop. And then uh, security there shoots this big fat guy, which, I mean, they could have shot him anywhere, but has he's a fucking excellent marksman. Yeah. Shoots him in the fucking head. And they take him back to HQ. Maybe it's probably a warning. Him, it's probably a warning shot. He's just like, I'm not gonna hit him. Boom! Right oh, in the fucking fuck. head. Kill <laughs> oh, shot. Shit. Kill shot. I am an excellent marksman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they take him back, and um, yeah, his name is Robert Paulson. Yeah. So they're like, oh fuck, they shot Bob. They shot Bob. And right there, it's I saw one of the I guess not a sin, but a little thing where people are like, oh, they kind of fucked up. Is that like, oh, they shot Bob? Uh, he says that. Not uh, Edward Norton. He's all they shot Bob. When they, and then right after he says, but in Project Mayhem, we have no name. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, this is a fucking man, right? He, he's a, his name was Robert Paulson. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I get it now. In death, in, while serving Project Mayhem, you have a name. His yeah. name is Robert Paulson. Which is a little flip on the fucking thing because they kind of fucked up within the beginning. But it's great. Because then everyone's, everyone's aiming for that now. They're like, oh, I'm ready to die. So I have a name and I'm remembered or immortalized. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it's also, I think, like, it's it's speaking on something of, like, the whole point of that was that, dude, this consumer culture is turning us into nobodies. 
it's making us forget who we are. Let's let's fuck that. We are somebody. Let's create this thing. Mm -hmm. But then the end point of that thing they created is them becoming nothing. Like they became the thing that they set out to fight. Right. It's like we, we. you know we're nobody this guy's yelling at us it's, it's again this one person on a megaphone saying you will do work work such you work will set you free like the right. fucking nazis had at the death camp he's telling them that they're not special you're not special yeah and he's like and i'm trying to set you free from a society that is telling you this right, right. by making you this it's like so yeah again it's a really smart yeah kind of like way at, to be at like, that point in the movie too this is already when tyler leaves and edward norton's kind of dealing with all the aftermath of him feeling rejected yeah yeah so so he's just kind of like okay well all these tyler left this uh atmosphere culture like instilled at his place of living where he steps out and there's this dude like he's like raking like the rocks like a little zen garden get the fuck away from (laughs) me man yeah it wasn't even that close no (laughs) a total douche yeah and that's when marla shows up and she's just like what the fuck like what's going on here and she's like can i come in and he's just like tyler isn't fucking here like he is gone and she's just like Damn. I'm fucking out of here. Fuck this. And then you go into the Robert Paulson scene. and Yeah, so then he starts, like, looking for Tyler, and he finds a bunch of fight clubs all over the country, and he runs into this waiter, and then he that's when he basically finds out that he's Tyler because he's, that guy's just, just like, 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 like somehow I knew every fucking bar. Yeah. Exactly every yeah. bar I would go into, I knew and it, it was goes, one. It goes back. It goes back to what they were saying about the fathers, because they call them franchises. You could take them in the literal sense of like, hey, they, it's a franchise that mm-hmm. they're able to take on. But it's like, no, he's fathering the trust of all these motherfuckers and all these different sectors that are gonna participate in a like a coordinated attack type shit which yeah. is pretty cool like, that's a great guy a test, sir is this a test mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sure this isn't a test mm-hmm. and he's just like <laughs> where he goes to the laundry the dry cleaners uh-huh. <laughs> you're a fucking moron oh <laughs> uh, yeah so then that's kind of where he finds out because the guy's is like you're the guy that gave me this and then he has like the acid the burn acid, on his, chemical burn on a chemical burn on his hand and then he's just like, what's my name? And he's just like, Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden. And so then he goes and he calls Mar- Marla and he's like, what's my fucking name? And she's just like, Tyler Durden, you fucking quack. <laughs> like, <laughs> you crazy bastard. And then right then Brad Pitt just like pops up. He's just like sitting there. And he's like, you fucking talk to her about me. Because that was like his one rule. It's like, you can never talk to her about me. It's like, you if you fuck- do, we're done. Yeah. So, and now he's like bald and like I don't know. He's got another other fucking wardrobe, and then so he realizes that they're gonna blow up all these buildings. So he like gives himself up to the cops. Like I'm the leader of this terrorist organization. Like you gotta fucking stop. You gotta fucking stop it. And then so the main cop who's been fucking getting. The detective, the detective yeah. who's been on his case about his apartment blowing up. He's like, all right, I got to go check some of this stuff out. And he leaves him in the room with a couple other people. And they're like, like, we really admire <laughs> what, what you're, you're doing, doing right now. And he's, he's just like, you're a genius. sir." Yeah. 
like you know you're get you're like you're like willingly gonna let us cut off your balls to like fucking prove a point or something right, right? And he's just like oh fuck he's like wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> i'm giving you a direct order my name is tyler durden which is weird because he's all like he'd say you say that he's like he definitely said you say who's he <laughs> he's he he's like, yeah. like what you, what's going on right but they don't know that right because they're not part of the the whole thing they just they're yeah. part of the franchise they're they it's all myth shit it's hearsay so they're like, yeah, you said you definitely say that. <laughs> yeah. So then he fucking goes to one of the buildings and he finds the van rigged with the fucking nitroglycerin. He disarms it and fucking Brad Pitt just like beats the shit out of him. Super fucking cool. Fucking excellent. Scene. Excellent homage to Bruce Lee. All Bruce Lee moves. It's fucking fantastic. He does the fucking hair pull. Blows it off his hand. He does the the leg stomp where he kills someone. But in this one, he breaks Edward Norton's leg. And he's doing all the sounds while he's wearing a pornographic uh, T-shirt. No, wife Tank beater. Top. Yeah, wife beater. He's got a wife beater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, he beats, he throws him off some stairs, which is pretty gnarly. That was done practically. So and we, poor and bastard got fucking flown off those stairs. Gosh, and we were saying sad. the fucking, it has the shining thing there. A where, little bit. Yeah, it does have like a, kind of a shining score at the end of it. Yeah, when uh, Wendy hits Jack with the Yeah, bat. he falls down the stairs. I don't know if it's an homage, but it could be. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah, so then he wakes up. They're going to blow up all these um, uh, buildings there are all these credit card buildings. Everybody's credit score is going to go down to zero. They're going to fuck up with the fucking, with the system. They're going to fuck up the whole system up and shit. And, um, uh, yeah, so he fucking, he fucking doesn't want that. He figures out that fucking, since they're the same person, he's just like, wait a minute, Matrix, there is no spoon. I'm holding the gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not even the connection, bro. What? There is no spoon. I have a gun. There's no spoon, God damn it. If you're holding the gun, I'm holding the gun. There oh is no spoon. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he basically blows his... You think he blows his brains out. It's actually a really cool shot, especially for 1999. Yeah, it is slow cool. motion, him shooting himself and in the mouth. And you see all his veins light up. I don't know if you noticed that. When he does that, everything lights up inside. Yeah, so he kills Tyler. And then, yeah, that's basically it. He kills Tyler. He's still, at the end of this movie, the leader of this fucking cult or terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. And Marla's there, and they're holding hands, and they just watch all these buildings blow up to the pixies, <laughs> which is also the they were all Fox Studio fucking buildings, and one of them was Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. So the first one. So yeah, so that's um uh, two of the greatest movies right there that show they're sharing a building. So <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Well, fucking a like that's fucking Fight Club. Sorry, we. We spent no way too. Sorry, we we spent way too long on it. Apologizing, we had, and we had to rush, fuck, rush man. through the end there. So society and wants you to do apologize, <laughs> and I apologize. Oh Thank my you. God. you got it, society. <laughs> but yeah, that's fucking Fight Club. I fucking love this movie. One of my like, it's got to be on my like top five. I'm like, I fucking love it. You guys just watched it. 
basically for the first time. I know you watched it when you were a child, Bono, but you hadn't really seen it in mm, many it years. It had been a while, but I, I do recall remembering certain parts of this. It, again, there was not too many surprises, but you do pay attention to a lot of the subtleties now. Um, a lot of this and it's hilarious. consumerism approach to life that we all carry. It's a fucking hilarious movie. Ozzy boy, what did you think of it as it a was, first time viewer? It was good. Yeah, I, I I very much enjoyed it. You were you said you were kind of let down by it a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of what exactly when I mentioned that of why like a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> you said it was, or not actually it was yesterday before we watched it. You you said like it was like super hyped up or you had like an expectation. Oh yeah, of that it. that yeah that in in yeah the hypeness of it because one thing that again when we were younger I realized a lot of why my friends or the people around me liked it was that hyper masculinity that was built into it but it's making fun of all of that right. <laughs> so again so everybody that hyped it up for me was love that shit mm-hmm. you know so not that i was expecting a different movie but i was like yeah what 19 year olds like about it is not what it's supposed to, like yeah. they miss un- they yeah. misinterpret it and they absolutely like, yeah that super easy Tyler to Durden's misinterpret. a bad character <laughs> he's not a not, not something a good that, character, yeah. and the narrator isn't a good character either. He's a fucking piece of shit through and through. Yeah, the one person that cares about him, the Marla character, who is presented as a piece of shit, is kind of like the only good person in this movie. She actually cares about this fucking guy, and boat. she's yeah, she's <laughs> going through a lot of shit. She even tells him like, "You're the worst thing that ever fucking happened mm-hmm. to me, man." Clean food, please. Mm-hmm. What I, I, I'm sorry. What I suggest staying away from the clam chowder. <laughs> no clam chowder. No clam chowder. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, miss, but you're having dinner with, with the, the fucking king. king. <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Sorry for going on so long. Fuck us, sorry. Um, uh, You're welcome. Follow us on social media, all that stuff. Um, uh, thank you for listening. And yeah, anyways. Yeah, adios. Yeah. Arrivederci. The Electro and Bono.